I love how when we take communion, I don't know, just kind of caught my attention here this morning, how it is. It's, it's like this cross between this somber moment when we are remembering what Jesus did for us, yet at the same time, there's so much cause for celebration and gratitude because of what he did. And, and I think Chad just did a great job of presenting that, and I think that song we sang did too. Um, and that's, I mean, that's why we gather on Sunday mornings across this world, is because as much as we like emphasize Easter, the, the early church started gathering on Sundays because it was the day Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. And you and I, if we've given our lives to him, if we've put our trust in that and we've accepted him and we've repented of our sins, the Bible says that you and I have come alive too. We are different. We are a new creation in Christ and we will live forever. And that eternal life starts right now. I mean, isn't that awesome? And if that's not real to you, I want you to reflect this week and just ask yourself, why not? Or why isn't it more real to me moments throughout my days, moments throughout my week? And if you're struggling in any way, uh, please contact someone. Contact me, contact Lori, contact uh, someone that can help walk you through that. Because there is no reason to be down and discouraged if... We've given our lives to a God that's given us eternal life and has made us alive in Christ. Last week, um, I kind of shared what, what now is, I know is part one to the message. Um, so today's going to be part two. However, if you were not here last week or you weren't watching online, uh, you're not going to miss out. It's, it can still be new. Uh, but I think it's important at the beginning of every year uh, I think most of us are naturally by now, we at least think about, hey, what do I want to do differently this year? And you think more on a personal level. Well, as a pastor, I, I tend to also think on a corporate level as far as a body of believers. And so last week, I reminded us of who we are in Christ. I reminded us of who we are as far as a church, Truth and Grace Fellowship, and talked about the importance of fellowship uh, we talked about uh, our members' covenant. And when we understand that God has brought us into the body of Christ and here specifically to Truth and Grace Fellowship, that we are to be a functioning member. We have an important role and part to play. And so uh, I want to pick up where we left off from last week. And as much as we talked about who we are, um, I don't think the 10 a.m. Uh, group got to why do we exist? Or in other words, what is our mission statement? Eric's already referred to it when he challenged the men to start plugging in on Thursday nights. And I just want to also say, uh, I was here Thursday night. And uh, for you men that, um, I don't know, are, 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 are wanting to plug in even more, it's a great opportunity to meet with other men uh, keep each other accountable to plugging into the Word of God and keeping each other connected to other brothers in Christ. And so hopefully this morning, all of us, whether you're a man, woman, teenager, whatever, uh, you're going to hear more of the importance of connecting with God and connecting with each other as the church and staying connected 
to the people around us that don't know Jesus. That's important too, because God wants to use you to influence them and their decision either to reject Jesus or to start seeking him out and accepting him. So let's start with our mission statement once again. We exist or our mission is to invite, encourage, and equip others to trace their lives after Jesus. Jesus said it this way, go make other disciples. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to what? Anyone know? Teaching them to obey all things I've commanded. Churches have left that part out. We like get you to Jesus and then it's like, okay, you're good to go. You don't have to worry about anything else. And not that you should be worrying about anything else, but we should understand now we have a mission. If I'm in the body of Christ and my mission is to go, we say it this way, invite, encourage, and equip others. Jesus said it the way he said it. Go and baptize and make disciples and teach them to obey the things that he's commanded in his word. And so that will never end till you and I get to heaven or Jesus comes back. That will always be our mission. Uh, it always will be. So that's why we exist. And I shared last week about the importance, and let's talk once again about being connected to God. I want to share a couple scriptures with you that um, give us the importance of being in the word of God and actually, uh, it, it, it gives us some promises. And those promises are tied to being successful and to, be, to being prosperous. Now, when I use that word, I don't necessarily mean money or worldly materialistic stuff. Although it could mean that. I do know this. If God has entrusted us to be faithful to him, Jesus told us when we are faithful with a little he will then entrust us with more. So that could mean material possessions, although ultimately you and I, the Bible says, Jesus said, we are to be storing up treasures where? In heaven. How do you store up a treasure in heaven? Well, one of the ways that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, and I'll just, is, is you, you win other people to Christ. And, and when I say you, the Spirit of God in you. God uses you to influence someone else's eternity in Christ. When you do that, anything you do that's going to make an eternal significant on someone's life, that's a treasure you and I store up in heaven. Now, we like our treasures on earth, and you can go th I can go through many of your houses, and you can go through mine and see some things that we're storing up, and those things are going to rot and disappear. Things that we spend a lot of our time and money on, worrying about, it's going to go away. But the things that we store up in heaven will be there when we get there and forever. And so um, that's really going to be a lot of our focus uh, going into 2021. So let's dig in. Let's look at John chapter 1. Yes, Joshua. I said John. Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. You're pretty familiar, a lot of you, with this um, uh, passage of scripture. In fact, I know one of you out there today, you have this tattooed on your arm, the second verse. So that's really, really cool. Okay. The Lord told Joshua this, 
when, he, when Moses had died and he was now called to take over the church, in a sense, God's people, the Israelite nation. And God told Joshua this, study this book, and I'm holding this one up because Joshua had like long scrolls of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all, that's all Joshua had, first five books of the Old Testament. That was the instruction of the Lord. We now have uh, that along with the major and minor prophets and Psalms and Proverbs and the New Testament that we call the Word of God or the Bible. So God said this, study this book of instruction, how often? Continually, okay? Meditate on it day and night. Ponder it. Think deeply upon it. It's hard to ponder and meditate and think deeply upon the Word of God if we're not reading it, right? So it obviously means reading it, but it doesn't stop at just reading it. Remember, we don't read just to check the box. Oh, I know I should. Oh, Pastor Josh and Jeremy tell me I should more. Oh, yeah, uh, the men, when I go to men's group, they say we ought to read the Bible or do a devotional, so I'm checking the box. Now we're to read it so that, well, we're going to get to that in a minute. So, you will be sure to what? Obey everything written in it. What did Jesus command his disciples? Go and teach all nations about me. Go make disciples, baptize them, and teach them all things I have commanded. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Remember last week I talked a little bit about joy, whether your joy is a little or a lot, who doesn't want more joy? How many of you out there doesn't want to be more prosperous and more successful in all you do? I, I do. Hopefully it's for that my motives are, are, are right also. And the Word of God tells us if we would take the time to ponder the Word of God continually, studying it, meditating on it day and night, so that we're careful to apply it to our lives, then no matter what you do, if you're applying the Word of God to your life, you're going to be doing good things, and those good things are going to be prosperous and successful. This is my command, it goes on to say in verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the Lord told Joshua verse 8 before he told Joshua verse 9. And so I'm assuming that if you and I are going to do what's written in verse, written in verse 8, it must take some courage and some uh, fear to go out the door in order to live that way. So you and I need to be courageous enough to study and read and meditate so that we're applying what's written in the instruction book of the Lord to our lives so that everything that we do will be prosperous and successful. And it's going to take some courage and some strength. In other words, it's not going to be easy all the time. That's why you need God. That's why you need his word. And that's why you and I need each other as the church. We need each other. Jesus knew you would need not only him and his spirit living inside of you, but he knew you would need me and I would need you. So that's the reasons to, stay, 
to stay connected, not just to God, but to each other as well. All right, let's read Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 3. One of my favorite passages of Scripture. Oh, the joys. Other translation says, Blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Now, let me pause there for a minute. I think it's understood that uh, this is not saying for those of us that have relationships with people who don't know Jesus, it doesn't mean we're not to befriend them or to love them uh, or to hang out with them even. It just means we're not, if they're influencing us and what we are not supposed to be doing, we're not to stand around or join in with what they're doing. We are to love them. We are to reach out to them. We are to try to give hope uh, to what they're searching to get hope out of. And usually if they don't know Jesus, it's something else. We should be able to relate because we used to live and be enslaved to our sin. So we understand what it's like for them to just be given into their temptations and living how they want to live because you and I once lived that way, right? Now we've been born again. Now our life has changed. We actually have more joy and peace and love. And because now the pleasures we experience are those of the Lord, not of those of the world. Yet we still see people around us trying to enjoy the pleasures of the world in a sinful way. We need to be reaching out and helping them. So we are going to be joyful and blessed and happy and satisfied if we don't do that, but we do it, verse 2 and 3 says. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I've always put the Joshua passage and this passage together because they say the same thing. And it was in our devotion that some of us guys are reading this week that I found a third one that connects perfectly to these two. I don't have it up there, but it's Jeremiah 17, like 7, 8, and 9. Check it out. It says the same thing. When we're grounded in the scriptures, we're going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers. We won't only bear fruit in season. When it's dry, we still will have plenty of water. When uh, the storms come, we'll still be standing. Why? Because we have strong roots. Josiah and I, we've been watching uh, uh, Cobra Kai on Netflix. How many grew up watching Karate Kid? I mean, I'm sorry. I just had to watch Cobra Kai if I, Cobra Kai if I watch Karate Kid. And so they do a lot of flashbacks. And Mr. Miyagi says, what? Must have a strong root. Right? So you and I as Christians must have a strong root. Bonsai tree, right? They have strong roots. That's why they're so beautiful. So we are going to be beautiful, successful, fruit-bearing people when you and I have strong root. See? Okay. Let's move on. Uh, I want to look at what Jesus modeled for us before we move on into some objectives and, and where our church is headed. Did Jesus model time alone with God? Did he model that for us? Do we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John <clears throat> of Jesus spending time with the Father alone? 
Yeah, quite often we do. Did Jesus model um, hanging around and building close relationships with a smaller group of people throughout much of his life? Did he model that for us? Yeah, his disciples, his apostles, and then there were some uh, women disciples also and others that just he hung out with a lot, correct? Did Jesus model spending time out amongst the world, those sinners and those stuck in religion and the multitudes? Did Jesus spend his time with them? Absolutely he did. And what are you and I called to do? We are called to be followers of his. We say it this way, we're called to trace Jesus. So guess what your life should look like no matter your job, age, occupation, and same with mine. If we're going to trace our lives after Jesus, we should see, God should see within us, spending time with him on a regular basis, spending time in a small group, and spending time out amongst the world that needs to see and hear the message of Jesus. So that's, that's part of my objective, or what I feel God's put on my heart for 2021, is to give you guys the opportunity to do those three things. And so the first objective, this is what that's going to look like. Now, this is something I'm having all the staff do, write objectives for their ministries and goals. Uh, they've been spending time in prayer, putting some stuff down so that we can be accountable one to another. And as, as your pastor, as your lead pastor, I am called and responsible from hearing from God and delivering not only messages to you on Sunday, but also giving us some direction to go forward as a church. And so a church-wide small group campaign, we're going to call them trace groups, made up of at least 10 to 12 groups will be established to build community. Now, I don't know when these are going to start. I'm going to spend the first quarter or so of the year recruiting, training, helping leaders uh, get equipped to then lead small groups. We're all going to, once these start at some point this year, we're all going to cover the same curriculum. It's called the Bible. We don't have to go purchase or watch anything on a video. We can just open our Bible. And if you have a Bible, then this curriculum is going to cost the church nothing because it's already cost you whatever you, it costs you to buy your Bible. You don't have to read up and be a theologian or a teacher to lead a small group. You just have to be willing to lead discussion based on the Bible. But I do want you to be trained and equipped. Um, I actually did this on a Monday night, late 2020. Several, raise your hand if you were part of that Monday night group that you, yep, I see several here. Yeah. Um, so you can better believe I'm going to be contacting you and saying, hey, is God putting anything on your heart about leading a small group sometime this next year? Uh, just because you've already been through the, the training. And those of you, whether you've led a small group before or not, I want to at least meet with you one or two times to cover what we're going to be covering and to equip you. So that's something that you can be praying about and thinking about. Here's some of the things that the small group, this is what they're going to look like. 
I can't force you to go to one. I can only encourage you to. And if you're, a, if you're a person that traces your life after Jesus and Jesus was connected to a small group, I'm responsible for, to provide you an opportunity to get plugged into a small group. Now, some of you, men and women, you have that opportunity now uh, through a women's group, through a men's group, whatever. But I am going to be starting sometime just a church-wide where we're all covering the same thing. And we're going to be together for a whole year, the same small group. Many times we've done this in the past. It's been you know, eight weeks or ten weeks. Uh, I, I want us to stay together to, for a year. And this is some of the reason why. Because you're not only going to be meeting together and looking at the Bible. You're going to have the opportunity to, to build more community by staying together as a small group a little bit longer. And you're going to obey so many of the one another commands in Scripture. If you are a Christian and you are not plugged into a small group, then it's harder for you to obey the one another commands of Scripture. Now, we're to love all people. We're to pray for people. But the Bible, throughout the New Testament, gives us many specific ways on how to do that. We're to pray for one another. We're to encourage one another. We're to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We're to submit to one another. We're to confess to one another. You don't want to just go to Walmart every day and start confessing your sins, do you? You want to like build relationship with someone that you can trust. It's not going to go spread all this gossip about you. And you can be accountable to them and they can be accountable to you and sharing the struggles they're having. And you can share some of the struggles you've had or you're having. And it's mutual. So we're going to have the opportunity to do that, to obey the one another commands. Uh, the goal would be these small groups are anywhere from 6 to 14 people. I don't want to get too... It doesn't become a small group if you get much more than that. I would rather us to see more like 12, 14, 16 groups started that start out with about six or eight people instead of 10 that have 14 people. Why? Why would I want small groups to start out small? Yes, not just so you can grow spiritually so that your group can literally grow by your group being connected to other people that don't know Jesus and they might have a fear about coming to a large gathering on a Sunday morning. And you, because you're connected to them either in your neighborhood or at work or whatever, can invite them to a smaller group just to look at the Bible with no pressure. You're just discussing Scripture. You're just learning from it. They don't have to believe it. They have to just be willing to come based on you you and your small group's desire to pray them into your group and to watch God move and them being connected to you. So part of that's going to be once these small groups are, are established and they're going to be all different times and you have the opportunity to, you know, we'll, we'll be hopefully filling, filling these up. But every member of every small group is going to bring a list of three to five names of people that they know and that they're around that don't know Jesus or maybe they're a believer but they don't understand what it means to be connected to a local body and to, to dig into the Word of God. 
And instead of seeing all of our salvations or all of our people, uh, all, of, all of the people that give their life to Jesus happen on a Sunday morning only, my desire is to continuing to see that happen and also to hear stories from you all of, hey, our small group grew by one last night and he or she gave their lives to Christ. That's what is expected of us as a church. And Jesus himself said, I, not Jeremy, I meaning Jesus, will build my church and not even the gates of hell will stop it. So if the gates of hell cannot stop the church from growing, then no other thing lately we've been having our eyes focused on can stop the church from growing. Do you know what I mean? All this distraction that's out there that's making many of you way more emotional in a bad way than you should be. It's getting our eyes off of the prize, off of who Jesus is and who he's called us to be. So that's going to happen. Each small group will adopt an elderly couple, a widow, a widower, or a single mom within the Truth and Grace Fellowship, and you will be in regularly, regular contact with them throughout the year. The Bible says a lot about orphans and widows and widowers, doesn't it? About how we, the church, have a responsibility. So now it's not just going to be on our staff or paid staff to meet all these needs. It's going to be on all of us collectively to be accountable to one another to meet the needs that we have within Truth and Grace Fellowship. So we're meeting the needs within our fellowship and we're also praying for the lost and inviting those outside of our fellowship into the fellowship. And lastly, another thing we're going to be doing is at least once a quarter, every three months, your project or going to do a service uh, going to be a community service or outreach project or event in some way, shape, or form. Just as a small group, you get a picket, and then you go do it. It might be just gathering a bunch of quarters, and one night, instead of meeting for your group, you're going to go to the laundromat, and you're just going to provide for people's laundry that night. Everyone that comes in. It doesn't matter what it is. We're just going to do it. We're all going to do it together, yet separate in ways also. And God's going to do some amazing things because if we do just that, if all of we accomplish in 2021 is having most of our people part of a small group and we're winning the lost, we're encouraging and equipping each other, we are uh, serving those outside of our fellowship and those inside of our fellowship, God is going to get behind that and he's going to cause us to be successful and prosperous and fulfilling his mission. And we're going to have a lot to celebrate and to praise God for. I, I'm excited for that. I think I hit everything, but before we go on, I want to say this. Because this has to do with our connection to God and our connection to each other. Let me ask a question to all of us. This whole past year, have you been more discouraged by anything you've seen or heard on facial or on facial on social media or the news? 
Has that brought you down? Has that affected your emotions in a negative way? Have you been discouraged or gotten caught up in arguments more than your time spent in God's word has just lifted you up and encouraged you and caused joy and love and peace to come out? Now, I'm asking that because at times in 2020, I've been guilty of that, and probably a lot of us have. But overall, if we're allowing that and what's happening to affect us negatively more than God's living word is affecting us positively, then we need to turn the TV off and get off of social media. I mean it. Do it. Don't just take a break. Say, I'm done. Now, if it's not affected you in that way, then I'm not telling you you have to get off of that. Maybe it's just a break. I don't know. But the bottom line is, when this is our number one influencer, it doesn't matter what happens around us. Don't get caught up in all this stuff that's not going to make a difference for eternity. And start getting caught up in the stuff like God's word, like small groups, like serving each other, like praying for the lost, like winning the lost, sharing our faith, watching God use us to change people's lives. Start getting caught up in that. Amen? Amen? Yes. Can we do that in 2021? Can we do better? I think we can do better. I, th I think we will do better. All right, let's move on to number two. What time we got? All right. 80% of all adult or teenage members of Truth and Grace will be volunteering in some capacity, helping us fulfill our mission. Whether you're an adult or you're a teenager, if you've signed the covenant, you signed that you believe God put you here and you made a covenant with God and with our church fellowship that you will be a functioning member. So when you come on Sunday or when you watch online on Sundays, I'm so glad you're here, first of all. But if that's all you do, it doesn't take much of a function just to sit down, right? Now, I want you doing that. And I'm so excited that you do that. I just, I'm so excited about it. I don't want you to only do that. I want you to find a place to serve, to volunteer, to, to, to allow God to speak to you and to point you where he's placed you in this fellowship of believers. Part of my... Um, desire under this is that truth and grace will see 20 new families become members in 2021. Now I just I just put a figure out because if we don't if we don't try to get something we're gonna get nothing right? Wouldn't it be awesome if we saw 20 new families whether it's a family of a single person or a family of eight come and join truth and grace fellowship. Now, again, it's not about us, it's about him, but you can't be a member of our church unless you're first a member of God's church. So, I mean, we make that clear in our members' class and everything. 
We don't want you to be part of Truth and Grace Fellowship and not be saved and know what it's like to be part of God's global church. That's first and foremost. So that's the goal we have. Now, if we get to 20, I'm not going to be like, all right, we met our goal, sweet, and we're going to keep, we're going to set a different number. If we don't get, I mean, regardless, we're going to be intentional about getting there. Why? Because I know you all are going to plug into a small group, and I know you all's small groups are going to be doing these things. Because we're going to be doing them together, but most importantly, while doing them together, we are uh, relying upon God and His power and His strength and His Spirit and His provision, what He's provided for us. And if His promise of Jesus saying, I'm going to build my church and nothing's going to stop it. That's what our hope and where our hope lies. So uh, Lori and I are working on a more detailed plan of action to try to help develop and, and, and recruit and implement uh, and train um, all the areas where we need some volunteer stuff. So it's, it's given us a fresh desire for that too and once you get plugged in. All right, number three. This was, uh, and no, no specific order, just some things that I wrote down as God put on my heart. We will move into a new facility and be debt-free by the end of the year. Wow, that's a big goal. And let me just give you a, a, a very transparent update I was hoping to come today and say, we've made an offer on the building. It's been accepted. We're moving forward. Unfortunately, uh, the elders and I, we've been praying, staff too. We really thought we had a facility picked out. We did have an offer in. Someone came in and, and got, the, got the building, or at least that seems to be the case. That's okay. You know Why? Because who's in control? God is in control. And as much as I was excited about this facility and the price that we thought we'd get it for, it just didn't come to fruition, at least not, not now. And that's okay. That is okay. In saying that, here's the good news. That's probably, the, and that's, that's not even bad news. Because if you get a no answer from God, it's still a good answer because it's from God. All right? And it usually means he has something better uh, if he says no, or it's just not the right time. Either way, I am totally good, and I want you to be totally good. Now, in saying that, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want to also thank those of you that gave towards the end of the year and or throughout the year towards our building fund. I want you to know every single penny is going to stay right there in our building fund, and we are going to continue to be in intentional about seeking God of where he may want truth and grace to permanently land and what that looks like. I know it's, it's easier to like get excited and fundraise if I said, okay, here's the land we're going to buy and this is the building we're going to build. And honestly, we don't know if we're going to buy land or build a building or purchase one that's already here. I, we don't know that. And I hope you guys are okay with us not knowing that because we're letting God decide that. Whatever he wants for us. Maybe it's here. I don't know. Maybe this just, I don't know. All I want is what God wants. And I'm praying you'll join me in just wanting what God wants when he wants it. And we will be faithful in following his lead. That's my covenant and commitment to you. All right, let's move on. Uh, we will continue to be a church with resources to equip our members to disciple other new believers in one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two or one -on ratios. Remember I said, 
every godly person I know that's the most healthy as far as spiritually. They're connected to God on a regular basis. They're connected to a small group and they meet with someone one-on-one or one-on-two. There's a very small group like Jesus had with Peter, uh, James, and John within his small group, within the multitudes. Again, those people have that in their life. And so if you are not making a disciple, if you're not helping equip or train or lead someone else and developing a growing relationship with the Lord, then it must mean that we still need that for ourselves. Because here's this is all I know. And I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes or make anyone feel guilty here this morning. This is all I know. We need help from each other in becoming a follower of Jesus. And once we get to a certain point, now Jesus calls us to go make others. So here's our options if we're a born-again believer. If we are born again, I need to get plugged in so I get encouraged and equipped and get to a level of maturity or spiritual health where now I'm intentional about reaching out to someone else and helping them grow or at least leading a small group and and I'm overseeing a a small group of people and helping them grow. Because I can tell you this, I will always be being equipped by other people in my life and hopefully equipping others. And I am no different than you. My position's different, I'm a pastor, but if you're a born-again Christian, the same should be said of you. You'll always be being equipped by someone. Books you read, podcasts you listen to, small groups you're a part of, uh, that person in the Lord that just gets you. But you should always be investing in someone else as well. All right, what's next? Uh, Our goal objective, we will hire three staff positions by the end of the year. Again, I don't know that this is going to happen. This is what we're trying to be intentional and seeking the Lord for. A worship pastor or a leader, audiovisual, media tech, maintenance custodial. We've budgeted for that with the goal in mind, but we're going to rely upon God to provide because his word tells us in Philippians 4.19 that he shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Do I have any? Is that it? Is that all I have? Okay, I got some more down for me and some more, but I, I wanted to give you at least the general stuff. Worship team, come on back up. If you're here this morning, again, we, we have altars. They're always open for you to respond. This is the, the time after the message where we're asking you to respond to God. That can be in your seat. That can be by doing something. That can be by, I'm going to go home and cancel my Facebook account. I, I don't know what that is for you. But if you want to respond, like right here, and you know what, you want to respond to God, that's what these altars are for. They're just a place to meet with God and respond to Him. If you come here, no one will bother you, just between you and the Lord, if that's what your desire is. If you want or need someone to pray for you about something or with you about something, just respond there and someone's going to come up and pray with you and or pray for you. All right? Let's stand together. Let's sing and respond as God is putting on our hearts to do so.